You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse with Converge Media, alongside my co-host, Mike Davis of the South Seattle Emerald. What's up, Mike? Man, Julie, why I feel like I ain't seen you in a minute? Man, because you called out of work last week, bro. Oh, sick. No, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Hey, it really does, though, man. Like, y'all don't know, man. We've been doing this, this clapback for so long now, man. If if there's a week that I don't see Julia, man, it, it just feels kind of weird. So I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here with you. I'm excited. Man, I'm glad to have you back, too. Shout out to Besa for holding it down yeah, in thanks, your, your spot Why you wasn't here. But always good to have you back. In fact, I got a text message last week, Mike. That might be cool. Um, I did a podcast with a young lady um, called Ride Along. Um, and she wants to do something with you and I, so not right along with the police. No. Oh, okay. I mean, you said you always, always take it to the next level, don't you? <laughs> oh man, no. But um, anyway, we we have somebody. I hope she's on with us um tonight. Natasha is her name, and she has a really dope podcast. And she was interested in doing something with you and I. So you guys might see. The dynamic duo hey. on another platform, kicking it with somebody else. So stay tuned for that if we um, are able to put that together. That's exciting. Um, shout out to everybody in the comments section. Nice to see y'all. Leon, Darnell, Mama Walden, Damo. What's up, y'all? Nice to see you. John Jupiter, we see you keeping it lit. <laughs> one time for the one time. Keeping um, it all the way lit. Listen, it's the day. And shout out to Cuddy in the Wings. Glad to have you here, bro. Always there producing our show. So I guess without further ado, we might as well jump into some of these topics. It's been kind of a dry week, um, you guys. Not too much, but I guess that's good that no news is good news. Um, but Vicky White, you guys, it died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, and that is the police officer that had a 16 year career working at the Alabama County jail. Um, you know, that she ran off with the plug, AKA Casey white with no relative, uh, there. And, you know, it was a jailhouse romance. And after an 11 day, um, 11 days on the run, uh, they got into an accident and she allegedly shot herself in the head once being captured by police. Um, there's some couple tidbits in this story, Mike, that I wanted to bring to you guys. So one, you guys, she had a 16 year career at the Alabama County Jail, like I mentioned before. She retired and on her last day, she was voted, um, I'm sorry, one of her last accolades is being reported that she was voted by her colleagues of to be corrections officer of the year, employee of the year on her final day at work. She this is the day that she ran off with Casey White to do the jailhouse romance. She sold her house um, under market value for about ninety thousand dollars and moved in with her mom the month prior. So listen, y'all, 90K for some D-I-C-K, I don't know. <laughs> giving expensive. You lost your life. I, mean, he was, I think he was seven feet tall, man. I mean, look, who knows? Mm. Hey, this, this, this is a movie. <laughs> like, I don't, you couldn't have written a script that would have been as good as this. This was just straight wild. Like, she retired. It was over. She this retired. Hop, flight, <laughs> jailhouse officer of the year and instead of running off she slung the house broke out the inmate and then shot herself like that's my goodness man my goodness. you know what it's unfortunate but i didn't think about it until now this is gonna be a great lifetime movie you guys do you guys oh, want to see this in a lifetime movie i do now like absolutely. i absolutely do absolutely it is going to be, you know what? Uh, it is going to be on Netflix. Matter of fact, not Lifetime, 
Netflix, Netflix. is better. Let's no, way better. Yeah, yeah. This was, yeah, this was wild, wild, wild. And it's alleged that he was, um, he's charged with murder that he didn't agree to. Um, and I saw that in a report that he was already serving a 75 year sentence yeah. for a crime spree. <laughs> like that's the craziest thing. Like he carjacked, robbed somebody and took the police on a high speed and had all kind of priors. And yeah, he, he was already doing 75. I mean, and then, yeah. out with a bang. I'll tell you that. Yeah. No pun intended. Dang. Good is it God. worth it though ladies like come on now like seriously 90 $90,000 in cash and here, here's another thing she bought a car as a getaway and stashed it but it's alleged that the car broke down in the process of them trying to get away with that being said it just gives me like you had that much money and you didn't do your due diligence to just buy a brand new car why you didn't buy nothing that wasn't going to break down? And where were you going? What, where were you going? I just where don't do understand. You, like, how do you get in that headspace? How do you get in the headspace of, you know, about to retire, bring this thing home, you're good, to breaking out an inmate and going on the run? Like, that's just, that's crazy. They didn't even leave the country. That's the thing, too. They, they stayed in state. Who does that? They didn't even... Hey. I you hope I hope he slanged it on her. That's all I can say. I hope it was worth it, sis. Cause golly, man, 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 man. And Mama Walden, man, they didn't kill nobody else. He didn't <laughs> even kill her. They got her on the nine one one tape saying that she had the finger on the trigger to herself. It's it's just it's 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 so bizarre. That's a very bizarre story. Wait, that's a great way to open the show. I mean, sad for her, but you know. <laughs> Lifetime movie coming soon. All right. Well, next on the menu is Elon Musk, you guys. Did you guys hear about this? Elon Musk said on Tuesday that uh, he would reverse Donald Trump's permanent ban and that he would restore the former president back to Twitter if his deal to acquire the company is completed. He basically doubled down and said that, you know, that Twitter should not have made this decision in the first place. Um, and he said that the, you know, the, the platform should be very cautious when it comes down to permanent bans. Um, and he also says that he believes it was a mistake from the onset, from the onset. And, um, and he says that in his opinion, him and Jack Dorsey, who was formerly the CEO, um, he makes it very clear that he shares that opinion and that the, the ban shouldn't have happened. So, I'm not really sure where Elon Musk is going with this. Um, as you guys remember, Donald Trump was suspended from the platform because of the January 6th Capitol riots um, and subsequently other social media platforms then followed. Uh, so we'll see if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. Is Donald Trump getting back his Twitter handle? Donald Trump will definitely get back his Twitter handle if, if, if Elon Musk gets in. Uh, it's just a lot of real interesting stuff happening with Twitter, though. If you're like paying attention, it, it looks like they're like literally cleaning house over there. There's a lot of people losing their jobs and, and moving on. I just I mean, the the Trump Twitter ban is a tough one, I think, for me, because banning him for life. Never agree with that. I, that's that's a very slippery slope of, you know, just removing somebody. Um, I think that, you know, Elon Musk likes to talk about free speech and it, I just I just don't really understand the type of grasp that he really has on free speech. It seems like, you know, him and a lot of people who say things and espouse views similar to his think that free speech means that anybody could just say whatever they want, whenever they want. And I mean, kind of. But, you know, free speech doesn't mean that you have to platform hate speech. Free speech doesn't mean that you have to let people do whatever. You can have rules. You can't have policies. Um, I think that, you know, as a politician, you should have to tell the truth. And when Trump was the president, then, yes, force him to tell the truth. And if he can't come down on him right now, he's a citizen. Now, if he starts a campaign and he's trying to be president again, then, yeah, you, you got to hold him to that. But. The idea of banning private citizens, I mean, I'm just not going to be with that. I just, I can't. I can't. How do you feel, Julia? 
Man, I think that's an interesting take. And honestly, I think that's actually a really good stance because when Donald Trump did receive the ban, he was an acting president. And so there should be a requirement that he does have to tell the truth. And so I feel um, that my opinion al aligns exactly with what you're saying. I think Harry Jefferson makes a, a good point that this shows yeah. how the rich back one another, especially white men. And so when you're looking at somebody like Elon Musk, who has the power and really too much power and influence over a social platform, a communications platform, we, we talked about this when he first um, was in conversation about this, how dangerous this could be. Um, and I think that he, I feel like Donald Trump has the power and influence to really hurt and harm individuals. And we, when we think about social media, we have to think about, um, you know, how do we navigate around that space and how do we make it safe, but also allow freedom of speech? I agree. And hey, Cuddy, can you put Harry Jefferson's last comment up there? Yeah, he says he disagrees. And and look, I, I, I do understand where this comes from, I think it's just hard because it, it, it is a slippery slope. And I think that people on the other side can make that same argument for some of the things that they saw in the Black Lives Matter protests, whether I personally agree or not, that's things that they say. And then, you know, how are we going to decide who does and doesn't get banned? I think an uh, interesting conversation is the fact that Elon Musk is buying Twitter because he can't. It's not necessarily a move to, to accumulate more wealth. It's going to cost them money. Some people might argue that this is more cash than he actually has at hand. And it looks like he's trying to get loans from a bunch of banks. And we know how easy it is for rich folks to get loans with very low interest rates. I think that it just shows, you know, the wealth disparity in our country is in a really, really interesting place. I was listening to a podcast with an economist who said that when you look at third world countries and you look at the, the gap between the highest earners in third world countries and everyone else, the U.S. is like literally right there to like our wealth gap is approaching that of a third world country. So when you got people like Elon Musk who are just accumulating billions and billions and billions of dollars and they don't got nothing else to do with it, then, yeah, he's going to do things like go buy Twitter because why not? And it's like we can't keep incentivizing that. And I just think that this is a symptom of a larger issue that, you know, our country, like we, we have to do something about the gap between the rich and the poor. We're letting these people amass all this money and all this power. And we've seen what social media can do in terms of being able to swing an election. We've seen what happens with the Russian bots. And, you know, we know the, the power that social media has over our society. So this is something that really needs to be protected. And I mean, I wish that I had the answers. You know, I'm just an observer and I could bring these observations. But I, unfortunately, yo, I don't know what the answer is right now. Man, that's you, you brought up so many important considerations. Right. And I think we're living in a day and age where all of those considerations have to be brought to the table, which ultimately makes this decision, I think, for Twitter and other social media platforms so complicated, because on one hand, we're thinking about somebody who's absolutely dangerous who had people killed, right? Like, let us not forget that people actually lost their life on January 6th. Uh, not to mention how many people have probably lost their lives um, or have been harmed in the name of Donald Trump and how many other things have spiraled out of control for that. But when we start thinking about what the rights of a citizen has and being able to activate their freedom of speech and using um, platforms like Twitter or Facebook or TikTok to be able to amplify their message, we have to be very careful um, not to censor them so much that we we lose our um, our constitutional right, but also to make sure that those platforms are safe for other people to participate in. And I also think it's important that when we talk about um, somebody like Elon Musk taking over that platform, you know, this is a person who doesn't live in the real world. Let's just call a spade a spade. He is somebody that probably doesn't even know how much a gallon of milk costs. He doesn't understand the life of an everyday um, person. He has a ton of security around him and he has access and resources to, to maintain this lifestyle in this world, this bubble that he lives in. So for him to have the authority and influence probably solely when he acquires Twitter, it's very dangerous to have somebody like him in power because he's just so far off the grid, right? And he's totally out of touch on what this 
this could do um, when things trickle down to the very end. And so um, I, I think about that and I think about like, man, you know, when when Elon Musk first was in conversations about doing this, to your point, snatching up Twitter just because he could afford it. Um, you know, we're, we're really in a day and age where things are just getting very dangerous. Yes. Uh, so and I know we have to move on. And, and look, I, I agree with all of those points that you made. And it just makes me think of something else. And look, I know y'all might take this as a shameless plug, but it's not. It's the same thing that we're seeing with journalism. And when I'm thinking about, you know, the First Amendment and freedom of speech, the, the biggest check and balance to freedom of speech is the people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to say nothing crazy in the streets because you're going to get checked. Well, you know what I'm saying? And then when you look at information and how information spreads and it's spreading through social media and it's like who controls social media, it can't be Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Like we, we need credible information to get to people. And when we see local newspapers disappearing and when we see journalism switching from being actual journalism, but to turning into to PR or all being owned by big business and billionaires, it's exactly what you just said, Julia. It's people that are extremely out of touch with everyday folks who now are taking over the power of how information makes it to the masses. And, and it's just, it's scary. It is scary. And, you know, we'll end on this note, but there's absolutely nothing we're going to be able to do about it. It's because the and that's the thing. we can sit here and, our, and talk about it. So our ass catch on fire, but there's nothing we are going to be able to do when Donald Trump gets access back to Twitter, because that's absolutely the next step. Here is what's going to happen. And Elon Musk and everybody on that board and anybody sitting alongside him, they are going to be able to control what is pushed out in volume on Twitter. Support and local media, y'all. Support local media. You can Verges, your South Seattle Emeralds. Like that's that's where you can get journalism that you can trust. Facts. And right here on Clapback Culture. For sure. Thursday night. So yeah, um, We'll throw our hands up with that. Um, y'all, Mike Davis needs to take several seats for bringing this article to your attention. There is a not so new procedure um, that some men who are. Uh, I don't know, I was going to say something clever, but I can't figure it out for men who are looking to get taller. Um, and it's a limb lengthening procedure. It starts at $75,000. If you guys take a look at these pictures, these, these men are going to see this doctor out in California for this procedure, and they are getting their legs lengthened up to three to five inches. This is crazy. That guy was five foot. Put that back up for a second. Cutting four. Five foot four to five foot seven. I couldn't They're, imagine going through life five four. That's just a sad story. The the individual I read an article, you guys, and one of the the guys who got this procedure done called it life changing, and he said that you know he suffered a lot of abuse and discrimination for being a shorter guy. Um, <laughs> the, the the orthopedic surgeon who's performing this, you guys, is a forty six year old Californian. He has forty five thousand followers. On Instagram, 50,000 followers on TikTok. His handle on Instagram for anyone who's watching and needs it, shameless plug at height lengthening. He's at the uh the height lengthening institute. Um Mike. I couldn't believe somebody paid seventy-five thousand dollars to end up five nine or five eight. Like he's still kind of it's still not tall, homie. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of money to still be short. Like, how did did your life, how much does your life change? I'm sorry. It, it was just funny to me, man. People, people got too much money. This is this is the wealth gap. This is the disparity that we're seeing. You know what I'm saying? All the little tech bros is about to get their knees done and they're gonna be showing up to all the pro-ams. So to everybody out here hooping in all these little leagues, man, just just watch the, the demographics is about to change. I wonder if there's someone who's like 5'10", who's like, yeah, I want to be 6'2". Like, that I don't know, though, man. It's 75. Who? That's just a lot of money. I mean, that's a car. That's true. You, so you think, you think he's financing it? The, half you now, half later? 
Cosmetic surgery is on the rise amongst men anyway. It's true. Right? That's they're true. lipo. Abs. They're getting the ab etching, Botox in the chin. Hair. Um, Keep seeing these dudes with a fade that got braids the next day, man. Oh, what's up with you? What's up, fellas? <laughs> no serious, man. What's happening right now? Hey, I, you know what? I think this is great. And I think that whatever anybody wants to do to do some type of body modification to feel more confident about themselves, I'm all for it. You want to drop that 75K on it to give you some more legs, go out there and do it, okay? From 5'3 to 5'7, you're in a new platform for some women out there, okay? And there's a lot of other people who are discriminating against short guys, and it's probably tough out there. It must be, man. I, I would have no idea. The funny thing, though, is that I, I laugh. I laugh at this, but genetic babies, I'm all for it. <laughs> Wait, I'm, genetic I'm babies, but? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to be able to have these. Uh, these oh, ones. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just a quick one. If you guys remember, Mike was talking about that he is all for creating his synthetic own, babies, yes. his own synthetic baby and nah, modifying the genetics to build this science baby. I hope oh. your girl is, is against all of this. Right now she is, but I'm going to convince her. How I'm working on it. Oh, I'm, no every time something new drops, oh, I'm, I'm bringing it straight to her. It's getting, I don't want you know, a GMO baby. It's going to get safer and safer. Oh, man, it's the new wave. Your baby's not going to need height surgery. I'm a We're going to decide right now. Six, eight. Play. What's your prototype, baby? Give us the prototype. Oh, the prototype, man. He's six foot eight, plays three or four instruments, mathematician. He's gonna come. He's gonna come out the womb fluent in Spanish. It's just straight perfection, straight perfection. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. All right, well, hola, cómo está? Let's make sure that happens, um, y'all. Anyway, moving on. Um, let's see, what's our time? Do we need to take a? Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about. We'll have a quick conversation about whether or not protesters should be able to protest in front of a politician's house. We'll be back. You know what I was thinking about during the break? You know what's next? And increasing genitalia. <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, they'll make a lot of money, man. If they do that for me. <laughs> That's a $75,000 procedure. Hey, uh, it is funny because, yeah, 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 dudes is going to pay, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't, personally know anybody that's taking Viagra because they need it. But I know plenty of people that take it just to take it. But that doesn't give you length. That it gives doesn't. You but I'm just saying, if you could mix that, yeah, yeah, Wait, they'll, make, they'll make their bread. Does they'll it? make their bread. It does? Okay, I'm asking my co-host. <laughs> okay. Um, well, speaking of genitalia um, and reproductive organs, a group of abortion right activists protested outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house over the weekend. Um, in a video that circulated on Twitter, you can hear the protesters shouting, my body, my choice. Uh, the protest comes after a leaked draft opinion uh, from the Supreme Court appearing to overturn Roe v. Wade. So the question is, you guys, should protesters be able to protest in front of a politician's home? Hell no. You said it, no. First of all, can I just be honest with you? Please do. When, when I see that, I just think about like, wow, is it really? I mean, I guess it's really that serious, but Brett Kavanaugh is a Supreme Court justice as a job. And they're like a public servant, a public official. It just gives a slippery slope. Like that's what that's my thing too. I don't and, know. and the crazy thing, when it happened in Seattle, uh Mama Mama Walden is right, kinda. I mean, they're, they're appointed they're by politicians. politicians. It's a political position though. Like yeah. you, you're not gonna get that job if it's not you're given still to you. Selected. You're voted in. 
Right. But, so, but when you look at the role that the presidents play in selecting these judges, it's hard to say that it's not, like would, would Kavanaugh have that? Would he have had that position if there was a different president at that time? I don't think so. Well, let, let's just take Brett Kavanaugh off the table. Right. Bro. Like, first of all, he's probably got hella security and everything like that. And that's that's what bothers me, because this happened. This happened to Mayor Durkin. And. Did I agree with Mayor Durkin's policies? Probably none of them at that time. But I, I absolutely did not agree with people showing up at her crib. Nah, man, that's wrong. And it's dangerous. I think that it, and Mama Walden put up the comment that shapes my view. Cuddy, please yes. run it. That's what I'm afraid of right there. Because when it's these anti-abortion folks outside of his house, they're not going to hurt him. They're not going to do anything. They're going to have their signs. They're going to be clever. They're going to scream. There might be some vulgarity, but they're going to leave it at that. But when the shoe is on the other foot, it, it it's going to be a death threat. And it's really going to be life or death. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that, that, that's not cool. That doesn't, that just doesn't sit well with me. Like, I don't want to set the president that this is okay because those 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 folks man they'll kill us they'll kill us well it's even even when it's not like threatening it's still invasive right Very and so much. oftentimes what you'll see is like protesters they'll go to your home they'll go to the politician's home and i just want to have a conversation with the council member or i need to speak to the mayor and you know they're chalkboarding the sidewalk and you know you're coming in with your kids or your groceries and it's like the wife of the political and they're like hey he's not home you know yeah. and it just gives like send an email come to the office find me in a public space but like let me be able to be at home with my family where my family can feel safe and comfortable where they don't have to kind of like navigate around whatever you feel is so important right now that we have to talk about um, so I do think that there should be some boundaries. Thank you, Dominique, um, set in place for some of these things, because I, I do think it can be intrusive. Now, are there some issues that uh, people should be able to protest about? Absolutely. Do you need to go to somebody's home to talk about it? I'm sure they'll get the message if you just do a march. But I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just too new school that we just think it's intrusive yeah because back in the day if we had this conversation with like martin he'd be like y'all tripping <laughs> i don't but man you know then man we couldn't have just man he couldn't have just walked up in nobody's neighborhood like that man there was a, the rules it was a different set of rules well, it, true. yeah true. I, just, I don't know man nah just don't man that's people's houses man i got kids man like somebody don't be nah it's just hard for me to, to to get down with with taking it to somebody's house to their to their personal life. I think it's kind of what you said, man. Like it's a job. It's a it's a highly politicized position, but it is a position that they're hired to do and they're going to come and they're going to do their job. And you might not agree with it. And I think that this this specific topic is a hot button issue. And yes, I understand that they're making choices for the bodies of other people. But nah, man, don't 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 bring it to their family, man. I just I can't I can't get down with that. It, as much as I disagree with this particular judge, I just I don't agree with going to his house. I really don't. <laughs> I think I'm going to. But you know what? If if I just play devil's advocate for a minute, it's kind of like, don't come to my house. You know, you're impeding on my family. But then it's like, but if you overturn Roe v. Wade, you're impeding yeah. with my family anyway. So it's kind of like. That's true. I mean, you're, it's true. Thing. It's true. And that's why and that's why it's a hard it's just, it's a hard decision to have. It's just with a lot of these decisions, I always look at the opposite because right now it's an issue that I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Nah, I don't personally agree with overturning Roe. So I'm like, yeah, man, stick it to this fool. But at the same time, when the shoe is on the other foot, I just I just I don't know. I don't want to see that black politician have people run up on his family because I think that that will put that black politicians whole family in mortal danger. 
So I, I just also think if it was a gang of you know black protesters out there, a sea of black, be a whole different ball game. It would have uh, been, been a militia militia group out there, fast, and we wouldn't fast. be having this conversation. That's so true too. From that aspect, I think it just is yeah. a benefit that they got the complexion for the protection. So they'll they'll. Shout out to middle-aged white women who can just go stand in front of Brett Kavanaugh's house and yeah, um, they're out there going hard too. Super. <laughs> they're, out, they're out there making it real uncomfortable, man. man and feel- you know what? Maybe that's why I just don't understand because I, I would never have the goal to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go out there. Like I would never I wouldn't feel either. I, I, I would think, be like, yeah, yeah nah, y'all, really. I'm good. I seen one report too where they asked somebody, like, yo, what about what about his neighbors? And Lady was like, we are his neighbors. I was like, yeah, oh, I would man. be super nicked <laughs> up. Like I wouldn't, even if I was with the group, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna sit this one out, y'all. Yeah, for sure. I would I just couldn't, man. That's just not the type of behavior that I would participate in. All right. Well, um, speaking of impeding on people's rights, we have a clip, you guys, that I want to share with you guys. A naked, a video of a naked Jesse Williams captured. Um, on stage in a shower scene from the new Broadway show, Take Me Out, um, has been released online. Um, and people are outraged. The theater's outraged. And then there's some people on Twitter who are thinking it's outrageous. So we have a clip where uh, Jesse Williams is talking about um, being in the, the Broadway show, um, talks about the nude scene. There's several nude scenes. So before we kind of uh, get into the opinion of it, let's watch the clip. We'll come back and talk about it. How insane though, this is your stage debut and you're like fully naked. I mean, it's, that's yeah, doubly scary. I'm told right? it's quite insane. Jesse Williams bears it all, and we mean all, on stage in the Broadway revival of Take Me Out. This has got to be, I would imagine, the smartest play that involves nudity. And admits that he doesn't love it when the audience chimes in. It's still terrifying, but uh, once you do it, you know, it's done. And you're, it's a human body. The 40-year-old actor stopped by Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Monday with his co-star Jesse Tyler Ferguson and got candid about how the audience responds when he strips down to his birthday suit. A non-reaction is a really interesting reaction. Yeah. 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 Quiet. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. Creates a lot of insecurity. Do you like a reaction? Do you like a reaction? You I don't want like applause. any of it. You don't, I don't like, like any of it. I, none of you can't. Re- I've learned in my minutes in, in theater, which is all the first, uh, all the first for me, is don't start trying to read into it. Okay. Because it just creates more insecurity. How 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 insane though? This is your stage debut, and you're like fully naked. I mean, it's, that's yeah, doubly scary. I'm told right? it's quite insane, but. <laughs> It's so it's the first, so I've you know I got nothing to compare it to, and I'll be pretty. Uh, I won't be scared of anything after this. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, he's better than me because I don't think <laughs> on Broadway could be like full nude, full frontal, you guys. So of course we're not gonna expose Jesse on this show. This is a platform that is suitable for families, uh, but Twitter went crazy over it. Um, and and I don't know how to really feel about that, Mike, right? Because if it were a woman and mm-hmm. peaked her nudes, I think there would be more of an outrage of like, oh my God, this is inappropriate. And, and they would be trying to like scale it back and feel like someone exposed her. Um, but, you know, too often when a man's full frontal nude is leaked, it's like, oh my God, like, let's get more of it. And like, it's being shared around. So what are your thoughts here? I mean, it's art. It's art, you know. And if you want to be an actor, I mean, this is this is what it is. I, I've actually been in a stage play before. I had all my clothes on, so you know, it definitely doesn't compare to what he did. But I mean, yeah, man, I, he's bold. He's bold. He's he's bold to do it. But at the end of the day, man, if you really want to be an actor and you really want to immerse yourself in your art. This this is this is kind of what it's got to be. So, I, I mean, really just shout out to him for for going all the way. I hope that the play itself is good. I haven't even heard anything about the play, only about this aspect of it. But, right. you know, he he went all the way in and I hope that it, it leads to more roles for him in the future. He's definitely dedicated to his crafts to go this far. 
Well, he is. The play is about um, being a gay baseball player who comes out at the height of their career um, and encounters problems because of it. So it should be an interesting show. Well, the thing is, though, the other <laughs> the other actor is hilarious. That's the thing. So I'm like, yo, is it is it funny? Because I think there's multiple nudity, like a lot of nudity okay. in the actual show. Yeah, the Modern Family is hilarious. So. Oh, yeah. Jesse Tyler. So, you know what I'm saying? So it really could be a good play. I mean, I'm sure it's a great show. I mean, it's on Broadway. It's on Broadway. Exactly. So it has it has credibility. Uh, I mean, it's giving viral. Mama Walden said, what would Sidney Portier do? I don't think he'd do this. I I don't think... I think it's corny that an audience member decided that they wanted to snap a picture and expose it, though. For sure. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do that. But then again, you know. Hey, look, man, stuff. this is 2022, man. You know what it is. People people taking pictures of literally everything. Yeah. All right. Last topic, you guys. We got to talk about Young Thug and Gunna and all the other 23 individuals listed on a new 80-page indictment coming out of Georgia. The ATL is taking all prisoners, actually. We got a clip. Let's run it, Cuddy, and we'll come back and talk about it. Charges that he's facing. Yeah, uh, the RICO Act, the racketeering, is basically a group of people that work together, conspire together uh, to form a criminal enterprise. And uh, it's it got to be multiple people and they've got to be doing multiple different things uh, to make a racketeering charge. And this particular racketeering charge, uh, according to the Fulton County prosecutor, was vast. In fact, they listed 180 plus different acts that they allege uh, that young Thug and his other co-defendants were taking part in all part of the YSL or Young Slime uh, Life group uh, that he has accused of being part of. You're looking at Young Thug's mugshot. The Fulton County District Attorney claims the rapper, whose real name is Jeffrey Williams Jr., is part of a gang that used violence, drugs, and even murder to make money. Williams is one of 28 suspected members of the Young Slime Life charged with racketeering. He also faces criminal street gang charges. The 88-page, 56-count indictment lists more than 180 acts YSL members allegedly committed going back to January 2013. Williams' name comes up 35 times, including allegedly renting a car that was used in a murder, making terroristic threats while being kicked out of Perimeter Mall, receiving stolen guns, possession with intent to distribute meth, hydrocodone, and marijuana when he was arrested by Brookhaven police, and being part of a traffic stop in which police found numerous weapons, including an AK-47 with a 30-round magazine. The indictment claims Williams used his music, videos, and social media posts to spread YSL's power and territory. According to the indictment, YSL started in 2012 in the Cleveland Avenue area of Southeast Atlanta, but has spread since then. YSL is accused of being affiliated with the Bloods Gang. The indictment says its members identify themselves by using hand signals, tattoos, and clothing with YSL or slime written on them, and often wear red for bloods, green for slime. Well, uh, Young Thug and Gunna were both denied bail. Um, and it, I mean, this is, it's taking over social media. So we all talking about it. I'm, I'm, I guess I can't say that I'm shocked, but I am really surprised that they have been doing this investigation since 2012. So the attorney general is like coming for blood. You're yeah. talking about you know what's interesting about this? So it's an 80-page indictment. Um, there's 50, It's a 56-count indictment on RICO and gang-related charges as it relates to Young Thug. <clears throat> they're li- in the indictment, they're listing and basically singling out Young Thug as the leader of the gang, as an organizer. Uh, so that means that he's at the head of the indictment, which is not good because what happens is is that everybody in the downline is going to start having conversations about what they know or what they don't know. That's the idea. And, it, and that's the idea. 
Um, which to me makes the whole RICO charge unconstitutional because it's like, you don't necessarily have to catch me red handed doing anything. It's just racketeering. So we're just going to all of the business activity within this gang and deem somebody responsible, even though I may or may not have blood on my hands. Or they may or may not be a quote unquote gang because they're also an LLC. You can yeah. argue that they were a business, but that's what this is for. It's it's terrible. It's it's terrible what they're trying to do. It sucks that it goes back so long. It means that they have been watching them for a very long time. That means the feds are probably extremely confident in this case. But again, right now, this is all allegations. We still haven't seen any evidence, but ah, they got that bell tonight. There's a lot of things that don't look good for young thug. And I mean, yeah, man, I, I hate, and look, I, I have to wait before really diving in until we like, we got to see some evidence. We got to see what they have before we can really start parsing through. But one thing that we can't talk about right now is like, should they be able to use his lyrics against him? Mm -hmm. like, yo man, what, what happened to freedom of speech? Like what happened to artistic freedom? Like he can't be an artist. Like that's the part that really jumps out at me is that when um, in some of these papers that are starting to emerge on the internet, it's like they're using his lyrics and taking them literal. And I, I'm just curious on your thoughts on that, Julia, because I that to me, I do not agree with that at all. I don't either. I don't either. Rodney and I actually had a conversation about that um, earlier this week. And in fact, that was the basis of this entire um, uh, indictment, right? Is that they're going back and looking through the music videos and, and sifting through the song lyrics to figure out what is truth and what's not truth. And so it's crazy because on one hand, you know, you deem this as art and you you deem this person as an artist and a creative. Right. And then they put out this art and whether it be abstract um, or not, because what we do know is that oftentimes a lot of rappers or songwriters, they create a narrative to speak yes. experiences of other people um, in combination. Right. In combination with what other people have told them and string together something so that when you are listening to it, it's painting that picture. And so we we don't get we don't we should not give any um, uh, law official the authority to use those lyrics against them. At the end of the day, I feel like if you catch me in the act doing something, then let me take responsibility for doing that. But you can't create a picture based on what I've given you that you've seen. Um, in my songs, I, I don't think that's fair. Hey, please put up Leon's comment because I think that that's a good one. But I also too like when we're uh, when we're talking about like the whole Rico thing, it's like they're trying to treat these guys like they was the mafia with some sort of dummy corporation when it's a full blown record label. Like they're actually making a lot of legal dollars. The idea that they're that they're trying to get Young Thug as if he was selling weed. Like marijuana was one of the drugs that they accused him of. There's there's no more money in selling weed. Like your local neighborhood weed man, homie is probably broke. And I'm not saying not to throw shots, but like, yo, man, they sell weed in stores now. So it's like it's not even expensive like that. They yeah. raided his house. Um, they raided his house and they they are now charging him with multiple uh, charges on firearms and drugs inside the house that found 1300 grams of marijuana, 31 bottles of promethazine, um, various different firearms, a, a Glock 30S, a 45 caliber, a Glock 357, um, you know, just a bunch of things. But I'm like, he's rich exactly. and he has, he's yeah. rich. And I mean, we're not going to say he's not from the streets like he's from the streets. I mean, but a lot of men, first of all, a lot of people like firearms. And yes. so, you know, it's OK when we're talking about cowboys and we're talking about people who are gun collectors. Like, why can't a rapper be a gun collector? Right. Like, I know a lot of these young boys out here who love guns. And they know all about them and they're interested in how the firearms work and they collect them and they want, you know, and they have like a real interest in them. And it's not just necessarily because they want to kill people. Right. Their interest actually is in the firearm just as well. And so we can't look at somebody who's got millions of dollars. Right. Who 
actually went to the Fulton County Jail not too long ago during the height of COVID and went with a legal team and um, different jail bondsmen to bail people out of jail. So it's not like young to society like they are pushing yeah. back in. Right. And so when we talk about this illegal activity, let's let's paint the full picture of who these individuals are. Right. right? They are a piece of their environment. And we have to do more to culturally understand who they are instead of creating this idea of who they are in an 80 page indictment. Yeah. And, and that's where my, my issue comes from. Or just throwing out all of those numbers like that, because also too, like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of weed, but I mean, yo man, there's a lot, he got a lot of people around. How many people does he got on payroll? Like how many they literally could have been smoking that weed. Like that could be the drugs that he and his homies is using. Like you don't know. And why do like, we care if, if marijuana is legal? That's where I was. Why do we care? That. Yeah, for real. Because uh, because that that suburban soccer mom that's on all of these opiates, we got to help her because it's an opiate crisis. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's all about perspective and how you choose to paint someone. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe. I think what we see here is a lot of very intelligent black men creating, moving from what was deemed a street gang when they were young and actually on the streets and recreating that and business, business, creating an empire. And that and that's my issue with that. It's like, so why why is it it's. It's not okay for us to have a gang, but then when we decide to make the gang a business or when we say, okay, we're not going to be a gang anymore, mm -hmm. but we still, these are my brothers, this is my family, and we're going to create a business empire and we're going to actually make music and and have a, a, a music label. And have and, a clothing brand? Like they tried to hit them for wearing YSL shirts? It's ridiculous. Then it's like, oh, but you're throwing up your gang affiliation. It's like, but why can't we create that into something that's more positive? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what what uh, what Young Thug and Gunna and and a lot of the other individuals who are in that I, ba little baby is getting um, his name is being thrown out there as being um, somebody who's going to get called up next. Um, there there's a lot of allegations being thrown in here, but there's a lot of people listening in this, which to me feels like they're chasing and don't have a lot it's to reach. Say. It feels like a reach. I hope it's a reach. And that's why I'm saying, like, I want to I want more to develop before we start formulating opinions. But I mean, the things that you're pointing out, the things that we already pointed out, the things that they're pointing out in the chat, man, all of that is valid. We know what it is. We know what it's about, man. So you don't have 23 co-conspirators and, and, and have a, a solid case like that just yeah, doesn't happen. For real. And it better not be 23 people that he had on payroll from his legitimate business. Because that's the thing, too, man, like he's touring and selling merch and selling music and doing advertisements like he's made so much legitimate money that it's just it's weird that they're coming at him like this. But, you know, that's how they do us. When, when people are charged with this kind of stuff, though, Mike, you got to think about 99% of people fold and they plead guilty gotcha. because gotcha. for a couple reasons. One, they don't have the money to fight it. Two, they're not given the, the right to fight it or they get a public defender who won't fight it. Or three, they just fold because they're scared. And so when we when we think about why people you know, they build this case, they load this case up so much is because you're going to have all these uh, now government witnesses, right? You have so many witnesses for the prosecution now because they just made a decision to enter a guilty plea because it's like, hey, if you just plead guilty to these charges, because we know you're not the big dog in this, right? No, I'm serious. That's, I mean, I know this is how they talk to you. We know that you're not that guy. We, we just, we want it. We know it's not you. We know you didn't make a lot of money. We know you don't have all the authority. We know you can't call the shots, but we need you to just plead out, sign this affidavit because here's the thing, you don't even have to say nothing. All you have to do is just say, I for you. <laughs> what you have written in here and I'm going to sign my name to that. And then now I'm a, now I'm a witness. Yeah. And then I'm off. So now I get, so now my, the the RICO charge of a, a minimum of five years, a mandatory or a minimum of five years up to 20 year sentence. You're letting me go in 18 months 
Or it should be entrapment, Dominique. It should absolutely be. But, you know, the law, man, the law, the law ain't really made for all of us. I, I don't understand how that's not entrapment. They're going to hit you with a, with a pre-written statement. Yeah, man. Yep. And no, I'm telling you right now, nobody knows what to do when they get in that room. They, if they if if all these people collectively said, yeah, nah, we're not doing that. We're not saying nothing. We want we want to fight and we want to fight this case. Let me tell you, the feds are not going to invest that no. much. Though, Julia, like and that's why, Harry, you're right. The, the, these cases are almost impossible to beat. That's they take all of that time so they could get so many people. They they're going man, man. They might have people in there that ain't never even been in the same room as Young Thug, or people that he wouldn't even know. You know what I'm saying? But if oh, they be, the just close enough, just close enough, it's so loose. I also too like we got to come back to this topic because I read something somewhere too that's hit that in Georgia. The RICO laws, specifically in that state, are, are are even harder to beat than everywhere else. So yeah. I want to do a little bit more research before we dive into that. But yeah, man, that's yeah. That's I, I think I had that in my notes as yeah. well. So we'll we'll talk more Good about night. that, you guys. Um, especially when they do have to go to court. I think you know they had the they had their you know bail hearing. Um, and so yeah. I think in the next few weeks, we should see some opening arguments and things like that. So we'll be keeping up and I'm sure it's going to be recorded on. Until then, thanks for doing the show with me, Mike. Of course, of course, man. And man, so shout out to all of y'all, man, in the comments. This was, it was fun kicking it with y'all tonight. This was a good one. Yes, yes, yes. So next week, I will not be around, you guys. I am going on a vacation with my bays with my girls to uh, Bachelorette in Cabo. So I'm looking forward to that, taking the day off. Um, but Mike will be here holding it down. Uh, but until then, Mike, where can they find you? South Seattle, Emerald. Wherever you find the Emerald, you will find your boy. I am now the opinions editor at the South Seattle Emerald. At the South Seattle Emerald. Any of y'all got any opinions, man? Anything that you want to speak on, man? Holla at your boy, man. We'll make something happen. Period. All right, y'all. Well, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. Please pull up and follow me. Let me know um, in my DMs or in the comments what you want to talk about for next week so we can get that on the show. Until then, it's been a good show. Um, yeah, I mean, bring bring Mike back in so we can close the show, Cuddy. There we go. All right, Mike. All right, our good people. Until then, this is Clapback Culture. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hey. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.